Hi there and welcome to the Book Realities Podcast, a series of interviews with independently minded authors where we explore their books, their writing techniques, and what made them become a writer in the first place. I'm your host, Ian Hooper, and as well as being an independent author, I also run the Book Reality Experience. Hi everybody and welcome to another in the Book Reality series of interviews with authors and today we're joined by Tricia Travaskis. Hi Tricia, thanks for joining us. How are you? Hello Ian, I'm very well, thank you. Good stuff. So for people that don't know about Tricia Travaskis, who are you and where have you come from and how did you end up writing a book? Um, well, grew up in Geelong, but I live in Bunbury now. I've moved around quite a bit, but we've actually been in Bunbury 20 years now. So Bunbury in Western Australia. And um, uh, the book was a long thing in progress. I started it 30 years ago when I was sick for a bit and um, it sat until quite recently. So that was the thing that your manuscript had sat in a drawer, basically. But then you came along to another author's book launch and inspiration took you and you decided to pick it up out of the drawer and start again. That's exactly right. I I'd actually been start, had just started, say a month or so before, transcribing this manuscript in on, on digitally because it was still on floppy disks, so that was useless. And I knew I wanted to totally rewrite it. 30 years later, it gives you a very different perspective on something like that. And, yes, it was just fortuitous that I that Rob Littlewood had his book opening, his book launch, and I realised I discovered all about book reality and it was just the perfect timing for me. When you say about perfect timing, you then took off around Australia just after that book launch and had told me that you were going to work on your manuscript whilst you were around and about. And for the people that don't know Australia very well, when I say tootling about Australia, you were about as far from me as you could get. You were three and a half thousand kilometres on the top top right end of Australia in a camper van or an RV? No, no. We just drove around in our um, four-wheel drive and we stayed at campgrounds in little cabins and uh, little places like that. We had a tent for emergencies, but we never, ever used it. So so I was writing in some magnificent places, actually. The first stop was Monkey Mire, where I was literally looking out the window at pods of dolphins swimming past, and I'm writing away, so it was lovely. It was fantastic to get the updates from you and depending on where you were so the emails would come through and then of course we'd engaged an editor for you who it turned out that you actually met while you were on your travels over in Brisbane so that must have been quite interesting after working for her or with her for such a, a while. Oh it was, it was very special to be able to meet her because um, uh, I have a to- I had no idea what editors did until I started going through this process with Alex and um, she was fabulous. She was very supportive. So it was wonderful to meet her in person and and rather than exchanging emails, have a good chat about different aspects. So that was Alex Kwan, who also yes. during the midst of 
editing your book, I think, delivered an, another child um, to her yes. ever-growing tribe. So I, I was yes. very impressed between the two of you doing all of the things that you were doing and still producing a book, which was no mean feat. Yes, no, it was lovely. It was a lovely meeting. Um, looking out over the ocean in uh, uh, Brisbane, just north of Brisbane, actually. Fantastic. So let's talk about the book then. What is The Wild Cards all about and what inspired it? What inspired it was I, I always loved a good sports fiction story. And uh, I do say to people the book's about tennis, but really I've begun, I've realised it's not actually about tennis. It's really more about a family and the relationships in that family and how they cope in a particularly stressful time for them. So do you want to tell us a little bit about the story? When you say it's a stressful time for them, what's happened to the the two protagonists, our young brothers, yeah? So they, they, it is about two two brothers whose father has um, is undergoing intensive chemotherapy treatment and um, he's for leukaemia and he's become quite depressed going through this process and he's not feeling, he, he's not the same man he was. And the, the mother comes to a realisation that this is not the father she wants the boys to see. She doesn't want them to remember him like that um, if things go go bad. So the boys are sent off to their grandparents in a country town in Victoria. And they know their grandparents well, but they've never lived there before. So uh, it's about how they get to know, to, to, to experience their grandparents' life as well and, and, and cope with living in a country town. That's when they develop their interest in tennis. That aspect of the story comes directly from your background, though. You lived yes. in a small country town and you're quite a mean tennis player, aren't you? <laughs> Not anymore. I've got a bit of a dodgy shoulder. But um, as, as our segment moved around quite a bit, so my husband and I grew up in Geelong and um, because of his work, which was in local government, we moved around to, to several country towns. And every time we went there, that was the first place we would meet people. We'd join the local tennis club and we were both keen tennis players. So it uh, was something you could do with a, a tribe of kids in tow and play on a Saturday afternoon and meet like-minded people. And it was always a very social, fun thing. Now, normally I would ask an author if they've got any writing quirks, if there has to be a, a set table or a set time or a set hat that they wear to write. But obviously you were writing the book as you went all around Australia or revamping the book. But what about 30 years ago when you wrote the first draft of the manuscript? Um, when I wrote that, word processes were just becoming in vogue and, and and if you're going to keep up with the times you had to work out how to use these wonderful things these word processes and that's actually was one of the um motivations as well because i i was uh, i was wheelchair bound actually at the time for 12 weeks and um i had little children but they were two had gone to school another little one was off at um, daycare quite unheard of in those days. So I had this time on my hands. So, yeah, I sat down and with the two ideas of let, uh, why don't I write something and at the same time work out this this uh, new age word processing skill. Which you obviously mastered because the format of your document that you sent through to me was terrific when we finally got to it. Uh, so That's okay. good. <laughs> That's good. And after finishing the book, 
you obviously came straight directly to us. You didn't plan to go to any of the big traditional publishers because of the experience that you'd seen from a previous author, Rob Littlewood. I had actually, 30 years ago, when I had finished it, I did send off these two massive manuscripts, um, which made up the one book. And I did get feedback eventually. But, uh, you know, I just kind of felt daunted by the whole process the whole idea of getting an agent and having somebody to spruik my book for me, it was just too daunting. Whereas this was a way I could see a quality product come from my writing. And um, and I was particularly thrilled to realise it would have everything that, it, that, uh, that any other book would have. It would have its ISB and it would be in, in libraries, major libraries in Australia and things like that. So, yeah, it was what I wanted. And the time factor is an awful lot uh, shorter than traditional. But yes. you're right that you get everything. You get a publication that's got a uh, cover that's professionally designed by professional yes. graphic artists. You have editors the like of Alex who are professional mm -hmm. editors. So, yes, it's the, the beauty of using a very small independent press is um, getting mm. things done probably oh a year or two faster and and the um the end result my books in the background obviously but the end result was it's beautiful it's a beautiful book you know i'm really happy with the standard of the print and the cover and and the quality of the paper and people comment on that they say to me oh you know it's really nice it feels great to read so yeah so good work it's great to end up with something as good as that and having ended up with the first one what's next is there a second one coming Yes, there is a second one coming. It's about a third of the way through. Um, I probably need a trip around Australia to, to write a bit more because my writing's a bit haphazard at the moment. Um, uh, retirement can be a very busy life. But, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, it's happening, and it, but it's nothing to do with sport. And it's about, um, obviously, I've taught, I think I've mentioned, but, but I, I was a teacher for many years. And it always struck me when I was teaching that, that it was just not a level playing field. The kids come with, um, some kids have so many advantages in life and some kids don't have the same set of advantages. So this story is um, more about a child that um, a teacher taught, taught, and then 10 years later she meets this, this uh, child as an adult. And it's interesting, this was a kid who had a lot of baggage and just it, what goes on from there, yeah, how, the, how that life has turned out. Very so. good. Has it got a working title yet? No, it hasn't got a title. I'm struggling on the title. So I, so at the moment, I think the Wildcats was always the Wildcats. At the moment, <laughs> it's, um, at the moment it's Trisha's next book. Yes, it is. But no, the idea of level playing field runs around in my mind but I'm not quite sure how it's also it keeps taking off on a different tangent the characters are definitely not doing what they were supposed to do at the beginning of the book <laughs> now I had a conversation with other authors about that type of thing and they all say the same that you've got a character you're developing the character you're giving them multiple feelings and multiple traits that work for the character they're surrounded by light and bright and smells and noise and they can touch things and then even though you're writing them even though you've invented them they take a tangent and go off and do something that you weren't expecting which to readers that haven't sat down to write might sound insane but it happens 
And I would have said that too to other people, but no, it does happen. And it happened in my first book too. I um, the, the father character and had a very different um, ending in the original story. But yeah, things changed. And you just kind of go with the character and follow them and see where they go to. So do you plan your books out or try and plan them out? Or do you start and write and follow those characters without too much planning? Yeah, I do um, start writing without too much planning. I have have an idea in my head of where I want it to head towards. And, um, but definitely I'm not overly planned. But then at some point I'll sit down, I'll go, no, this, this and this has to happen. And look, that, that it's fairly quick note-taking, but it's down there and, and um, I have a look at it. I noticed the wall behind you, you don't have plastered with post-it notes or great big uh, 3M <laughs> post-it notes trying to figure out the plot line. Uh, no, no, no. Mind you, I could do with that probably, but I feel like I just want to get it written and then... I think I know so much more about the editing process this time. That's when the finer details will work themselves out. Yeah, it's very difficult to edit a blank page, as the saying goes. It's much easier to get it all written and then come back and and jig around with it. You said there that you were a teacher. Is that what you'd always wanted to be from when you were a little girl? No, no, I wanted to be a journalist. and uh, I was very keen on doing that. But I'm a family of six girls and um, mum and dad were, were um, very strong all the time on us, all getting some sort of um, qualification in life. And I was number three and my two older sisters had gone to teachers college. And I realised that if I didn't do that, and teachers college was literally two or three blocks from home, um, you know, that, that would be a financial burden. So I fell into teaching in many ways, but I have to say I absolutely loved it. And when I did have a stint at journalism, I realised I was absolutely not cut out for it at all. So it was jolly lucky I ended up being a teacher. So where did you do your journalism? Did you work in a local press or a TV or radio? We were living in a small town in Victoria called Dalesford at the time, not too far from Ballarat. Ballarat was the major centre and, they, and and I was the country correspondent for the Ballarat Courier. So whatever happened in Dalesford, I would uh, trot out and um, and send it over. Um, yes, would have gone, probably would have gone in the post over then, but it would have arrived that day anyway. And I was paid... A dollar a line and two dollars a photo. Oh no, wrong! Ten cents a line and a dollar a photo. So I had to take my photos as well. And I'm assuming yeah. at a dollar a photo, you tried to make your photo it's journalism me. very photo heavy. <laughs> I did, but uh, a couple of times they gave me a byline, so they liked what I did. But um, I, I, it was all right to reporting on on um, the country show or, or happy little events or the the dead ball that had happened that night or whatever. But I had to interview a man whose house had just burnt down and it was just too confronting. And that's when I realised, I thought, I would hate to do this for a living. This would be awful. So, yeah, it was this, It was a short, it was two or three years, but I did enjoy the little bit I did. 
Very good. So you could have been a famous Sydney Morning Herald journalist had it been for you, but I'm very glad that you decided to come to Western Australia and write books instead. So as well as the next book that's coming up, what's next on the horizon for Tricia? Are you back off around Australia? Um, we we'll, we got so far last year with COVID, we got to um, Brisbane and the Delta variant reared its ugly head and we realised that if we were going to get back into Western Australia, we had to hightail it out of Queensland very quickly because South Australia and Northern Territory were safer zones. And so we did um, we did that. So we turned around then and, and um, instead of going all the way around, we cut up through Queensland, which was fascinating, and then down through Uluru and Alice Springs at least and down to the coast and home. So we're going to do a little bit more of the bottom later this year, so uh, towards the middle of November, drive across the Nullarbor again and do a little bit more of South Australia and Western Victoria, where we lived at one point. So we'll catch up on um, some of our favourite places when we do that. And as you've proven, travelling around Australia is no uh, bar to writing books. So No, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not a bar. Well, listen, Tricia, it's a little short interview that we're doing with the authors nowadays, but thank you ever so much for taking the time out. We do like to end with a very quick fire 15 questions. They're sort of like the actor's studio questionnaire, but we've taken our own variation on it. So do you fancy having a go at this? Well, I'm slightly terrified, but let's see how we go. Okay. Tricia Travaskis, author of The Wild Cards. What's your favourite book? Oh, I love the, When the Crawdads Sing. Okay. Oh, topical as well. And your least favourite book? That would definitely be French Women Don't Get Fat. A way too depressing a read. What in life turns you on? Uh, friends, family, just and, and sitting around chatting. Yeah, I like that. And what turns you off? Uh, conflict. Not very good at conflict. How did you cope as a teacher? I had amazing patience with other people's children. <laughs> That's a nifty, that's really, a nifty I'm trait. Very, I'm very patient in the classroom, actually. Very good. Summer or winter? Oh, I love summer. On a completely free day to do anything you want, who do you spend it with? Uh, usually my husband. Yeah. Well, I don't mind alone time as well, so. Mountains or oceans? Mountains. And what's your favourite movie? Um, I think I really enjoyed Mamma Mia. It's a film I can watch over and over again and still laugh. And if you've got one song to listen to for the rest of your life? Uh, my nephew Xavier Rudd's Follow the Sun. Who makes you laugh the most? Seriously, my husband, but, you know, that sounds a bit corny, doesn't it? No, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. What smell do you love? Uh, roses. And what smell do you hate? I haven't got one. Oh, oh, all right. If I have to pick up the dog poo in the backyard, definitely. That's it. And other than a writer, what profession would you like to attempt? I'd love to have been an aeroplane pilot. Good work. And what profession would you not like to do? A dentist. 
And if heaven exists, Tricia, when you get there, what would you like God to say to you? You are a kind and reasonable person. And I should think that's not a problem for him. And Tricia <laughs> Travascus, thank you ever so much for taking the time out of your afternoon to join us. Thanks, Ian, and thanks for all the support so far. Thank no you. Worries. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening to this latest episode of Book Realities, our interviews with author series. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and turn your notifications on so that you never miss any content updates from us. If you liked this episode, leave us a rating or a review as it really helps the podcast's visibility, as does passing the pod on to any writers or author friends that you may have who you know will be interested in it. And join our exclusive mailing list at www.bookreality.com. The next episode will be released this time next week, but until then, stay safe and well. All the best.